Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Justin, Virgin Bat, Evangelista. You know it, baby. We out here. Again, the the twa and Dave Burles, Ber- Berlin. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to screw it up your name, Dude. Dave. It's okay. I don't take it personally. I was just thinking this could be the last Doc G show ever. What? Huh? What? You know, it's like the hurricane and stuff, man. Not not unless it just decides to take like a complete left turn and comes in and just... just that would be horrible. So true. Um, you never know. You never know. I, These things are unpredictable. Uh, I was I was thinking with, you know, global warming, hmm. if like, you know, we'll get to a point where the waters get warm enough where they basically just start to just circle in the Atlantic Ocean. Like they never actually die out, right? Because they die out when they go up north and it's cold enough for them to dissipate mm-hmm. because there's no warm water. What if it gets warm enough where they just start making circles and you're like, ah, d- Oh man, oh here comes gosh. Dorian they again for the fifth time. Good lord. Jeez. God, like I feel like that's that's getting like it will be like Jupiter soon. Word. I mean Jupiter's had that that storm for years just sitting there on it. Hundreds of years just on the side of it. We're going to be Jupiter. Dorian will be permanent from now on. I got sidetracked of what I want to say. Oh. I know. Uh you know what's better to think about? The show. That's a fact. Because we have a fantastic one, Dave. Uh, True. Such a good show. We star power, the excitement. We have Hannah Kitten Lady Shaw. I am very excited. She is a New York Times bestseller. First New York Times bestseller we've ever had on the show, guys. And making moves. Of course, professional kitten rescuer. Uh, We also have new music from two, count them, two previous Doc G guest, we have music from Preacher Van, uh, formerly known as the Georgia Floods, and then Jacob Tacos, former member of the Helmsman. He's gone out, he's made some solo work, he's making big moves in the world. His tune we're going to be playing as well. He's coming out with an album very soon. Both of them on the show, along with Kitten Lady. I can't wait. That's right. But first, Dave, Justin, this past weekend officially started... Week one of college football. Week one. There were upsets. There were there were triumphs. However, I only pay attention if there's a top ten, right? If there's a list that was made. And guess what? So true. Fansided.com came through with a list. Yes! They released their top ten tailgating spots. In America. Oh yeah. That's right. Oh. And guys, interesting. Are you ready? I'm gonna. Uh, I'm right now. I am interspersing a hot take of history in this top ten list. And oh, go HTH. 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 Hot takes of history. The first tailgate thought to have taken place at the first ever 
collegiate football game. That's when they thought the first one happened, was actually at the first football game. What? The Rutgers-Princeton game. That's right, 1969. Ooh. Well done, what? Dave. Way to get no, that 1869. 1869, yes. Uh, apparently, while they were playing, some folks uh, came and just, you know, partied it down. Word. Of course, of course, if they had a tailgate, it was a horse wagon gate. Not so much a Did tailgate. Um, so true. There you go. That's a hot take of t- uh, hot hate. Huh? HTH. Uh, Justin, H- H- H-T-H. did that HTH blow your pants off? Did that happen? Hmm. I what the the HTH was it just tailgate? just too much information was for it you? Pants blowing. Yeah. No, it's pretty cool. I didn't even know that. 1869. Wow. Yeah, it didn't really look like a football game back then. Nope. It looked like some kind of weird, like soccer but there Rugby were no forward field. pass yeah it was very odd back then so true um okay so before i give you guys the list let me break it down uh we've got three big 10 schools we've got one acc mm-hmm. school we've got one pac 12 school one big 12 uh, school and four sec schools so dave give me your mm-hmm. choice for number one tailgating spot in America. Spoiler alert, U.S. The, Open oh. in Flushing Meadows, Meadows for tennis, not on the list. So, oh. don't guess that. What okay, do we have? I'm gonna guess the Grove University of Mississippi. Oh! Did, oh, my God. I don't even have to go to Dude, Justin. holy crap. Amazing. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> holy crap. Not- that was, dude, I don't even know, like, college stadium names like that. Like, I know the Swamp and stuff, but, man, wow. He's wow. Like, wow. The Grove. I'm impressed The Grove, now. it has its own tailgating name, Justin. That's not even the stadium. So true. That is true. Wow. That is true. Oh, really? Dude, the more you know. It's a, that was impressive, Dave. It's a yeah, fa- random fact. It's a fancy southern event what? is really what uh, a tailgating at the Grove is. You, you really... You, so sick. You get some southern charm there in Mississippi. Uh, Justin, let's see if you can hit the 10 board. Give me a guess on... I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> just just a guess. Just throw one out. Uh, for like just tailgating yeah. for college football? Just Yeah, give, give, me, a, I mean, give me a university. Uh, Alabama, let's do it. No, no, no. Good guess. Oh, See, this is so good, annoying. Good try. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. This so is ne- the worst. Nebraska, 10. Iowa, uh-huh. 9. Clemson, yep. 8. Ohio State, Ooh. 7. Oklahoma, mm. 6. Washington, mm. 5. LSU, 4. Tennessee, 3. South Carolina, 2. And mm. number one, Ole Miss. Yes. Now the Grove, huh? I gotta look this up, dude. It's I, crazy. I will say, fellas, I have done some tailgating at South Carolina. It, it, it can get pretty, That's right. Pretty bananas. I only did one. It was crazy. It can get pretty. Bananas. Where'd you do it, Dave? Uh, uh, he, it was a couple years ago. Hard. The, the U the USC UCF game. There you go. Woo-hoo. There you go. Uh, did did U, USC win? Probably not, right? Oh, wait. Was that UCF's no. bad year before they became yeah, that good was the, again? that was the bad year, yeah. Okay, okay, solid. So they did win. Nice, nice. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> there are only two of those schools that would be like t- 
intolerable in November, like late November. So true. I can tell you with confidence, I don't want to be in Nebraska, Washington, Ohio State in oh, late November. God, no. No nope. way. No. No, thank you. Nope. Uh, now that you know the list, Justin, how many of those do you think you're going to make it to this year? Hmm. How many are you going to go visit? I don't know, man. School's very, very busy. Probably so, zero. Um, Probably zero, okay. but I am interested about this grove. Like it's called the <laughs> grove. It's such a weird name. Okay, well here's like the, something crazy has to happen there. Here's the more important question, Justin. How many Doc G shows are you gonna tailgate for? Dude, I'm I tailgate for all of them. Yeah, game every show. Yeah, so you guys ready to fire the show up? Fire it up. Claws and cold <laughs> hot dogs. It's up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift oh. mm. Mm. You know what? my favorite for tailgates? Cold pizza. Cold pizza. It was one of those that I sort of... Uh, well, I think cold pizza, for, cold pizza for anything, man. It, w- it wasn't actually really tailgating. See, when I went to Virginia Tech games growing up, they had Domino's in the stadium, and they just did a really bad job of keeping that Domino's warm. So, uh, you know, when you ate it, it was already cold. So I got a real yeah. hankering, but only for Domino's, too. Others, eh, not so much. Weird. Domino's, you bring so it cold. You kept that tradition through your college experience, and you would bring cold Domino's pizza to tell Not really, no, no. no. I was the okay. guy that brought nothing during Wait, my <laughs> experience. Nice. Hey, guys, I'm here to eat all your food and not bring anything. How, how's it going? <laughs> that, that was me. That was me. So I was that, that annoying guy. guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of that guy, are you ready to uh, celebrate that guy that is our birthday suit? Word. Yes. Inform us of him. And this time it's actually a her. So there you go. <laughs> Inform us of her. What? <laughs> Happy birthday, Mr. President. Born on September 4th, 1981 in Houston, Texas, our birthday suit wears parents were a hairdresser and a Xerox sales manager. Our birthday suit wears family recognized her talent for music and performing when she won a talent show at the age of seven while singing John Lennon's Imagine. That's right. At the age of eight, she started performing in an all-girl group called Girls' Time. With a Y instead of an I. Girls time. Um, The girls auditioned in front of Elektra Records in 1995 and were signed to a deal in 1996. They changed their name to Destiny's Child. Oh. Who we got? Hmm. No, just keep going. Okay. (laughs) Their first major release was uh, for the soundtrack for Men in Black. In 1999, they released their second album titled Writings on the Wall with their smash hit, Say My Name. In 2001, they announced, uh, the group announced a hiatus, and our birthday studio started releasing solo albums. Since that time, she has released Dangerously in Love, B-Day, I Am, Sasha Fierce, Four, and Lemonade, and then a collaborative oh, album man. with Jay-Z. It's, it's um, yeah, man. It's that one girl. We, I think we all know, man. <laughs> 
I was hoping I was hoping it was gonna be one of the other members of Destiny's Child. Yeah, I thought you were gonna show some love to Kelly or it's not their birthday. I can't I can't show them love. Or Michelle, but no, it's happy birthday, Beyonce. Yeah, I feel like we give her too much love. Yeah, I do too, especially since she doesn't follow anyone on Instagram. That was gonna be my last clue. She follows no one on Instagram, but. It's her birthday, so today only she's allowed to not follow anybody because it's her birthday. It's there you fine. go. Only today. Only today. Only today. Happy birthday, Queen Bee. You enjoy it. Um, Slay. Slay. Let's see. Queen. Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Turning the big three-eight. Train wow. Ocho. Thirty-eight never looks so good. Mm, pretty solid. Pretty solid. And Jay Z is approximately eighty-eight. That's a fact. Okay. Um, I think so. And. <laughs> <laughs> whoa! Hey! Whoa! Whoa! Uh, okay, guys, are you ready to rip some headlines? You have to admit, yes, sir. Rip it! <laughs> Come on, dude! It's now time for rip from the headlines. All right, Dave. This first story is uh, from ABC Channel 12 in San Antonio. Uh, Ooh. Dave, do you ever worry that someone's gonna steal your car? Hmm. Yeah, man. You know, growing up in the hood, Work. we always mm-hmm. had to make sure that that thing was locked. Mm-hmm. And even mm-hmm. sometimes people still break in. Okay. Well, oh, I'll take I'll take it a step <laughs> higher. Have you ever worried that somebody's going to steal your car while you're driving or sitting in the car? Ooh, no, GTA. That's how, I was about to say. That sounds like Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> uh, this is in your your own your. Your old neck of the woods, Dave. This is in New Jersey. Uh, oh. That happened to an 80-year-old woman. I thought Apparently, it happened in San Antonio. No, it just came from the, the news story I happened to choose was from San Antonio reporting on a lady in New Jersey. So there you oh. go. Wow. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, apparently, this 80-year-old woman got home around 9 p.m., and since she's 80, she was like, you know what? <laughs> way past Seems like bed. a little... Long walk inside. I think I'm just going to fall asleep in my car. So she fell asleep in her car. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she Relatable. woke up at 4, 4 a.m. on her driveway without a car. Hmm. Wait, what? She, what then the reported, <laughs> she then reported this to the police. And the police reported that she had a bruise and a scratch on her face, but no oh, recollection no. of anything happening. So let's oh recap. My goodness. An eighty-year-old woman falls asleep in her car, and then apparently car thieves opened the car, removed her, bumped her on her head as they're removing her, turned the car on, drove off, and she didn't even come close to waking up. Wow! That's- Holy. That'd be so funny to watch them like gently handle her to keep her asleep. <laughs> I I mean I know this isn't the point of the story. But if this story is like completely true, I am a hundred percent jealous of how good of a sleeper she is. That's right. I so mean, jealous. wow, such a sleeper! It's a th- like I, you can brag to your friends, "Hey, I'm such a good sleeper." It's a threat to my safety. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People can walk in and do whatever they want, and I am unconscious. It I doesn't no matter. Idea. Jeez. Like, that is, I mean, impressive and bewildering. I mean, if that happens, it's, it's got to be like a brand new world every time you wake up. Like, what? Ah, where am I? Especially when somebody <laughs> steals your car. Like, that's bad. That is bad. Um, 
Justin, this next story is from Fox 59 in Indianapolis, and Coo-coo. the story happened in Indianapolis. That's a fact. Um, Justin, you know how we've had some stories about police sometimes uh, not making the best decisions? Hmm. Sure, sure. I'm going to see if you can make the right decision for this police officer from Indianapolis right now. Are you Probably ready? Probably not, man. Let's okay. do it. You don't need much context for the situation. You're a police officer walking out of a public school after an incident that you were sent in to suppress in the school. Hmm. As you're walking out, a parent is yelling at you. Maybe they're even saying mean things. At the same time this parent is yelling at you, a 15-year-old boy steps in front of you on the sidewalk. What do you do? A, punch the boy. B, don't punch the boy. Which one are you going with? Oh, it's so funny the way you put it, like punch the boy, the wording you use. It makes me want to punch the boy. Yeah, but well, the right thing to do is to not punch the boy. There, there you go. Yes. Just move Yes. Him. You choose the right answer, which would be not punch the boy. Yes. Uh, the Indianapolis police officer decided to go with A. Um, oh. without, without question. Without hesitation, without warning, <laughs> he punched an unarmed 15-year-old boy. <laughs> just, I just, just loaded up praise. and socks him in the face. So true. Uh, apparently, when this officer read his his you know his honor code of serving and protecting, he was under the impression it was serving up hot and tasty knuckle sandwiches. So true. That's what he was serving. <laughs> That's what the he was going with. 15-year-old boy was hungry. Right to the mouth. <laughs> he was looking for it. The the cop, not surprisingly, uh, well, I mean, maybe, uh, was placed on administrative leave. Um, it's, it's, it's real weird to after the punch because he just sort of walks off like he literally walks up to the kid wham punches him with a hook and then just keeps walking it's not like he's gonna arrest him or detain him for something it's just a good old-fashioned punch in the face Jeez. and like it's one of those things again i gotta ask like when he got in the car with his with his with his off with his other officer was he like whoa i think that got out a little out of hand like i probably shouldn't have Shouldn't have punched that guy, am I right? That was probably bad. Like, I mean, like, like why not punch the he's... parent that's annoying you? Come I, on, I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay, uh, Dave. Next story is coming from the uh, Huffington Post. Okay. Um, Ooh, official. It's a Huffington Post about Florida and one of our favorite, Whoa. one of our favorite areas. Where everybody is just completely normal. Pasco County. So true. Yes. Pasco yes. County, once again. If you recall, Justin, that's where the guy was found with four syringes in his bowl. Um, I love it. That's a fact. Dave, have you ever uh, went to the bathroom uh-huh. and forgot to flush? Hmm. More times than I like to say on this show. Admit. Okay. Well, true, have you ever true. forgot to flush around company? Hmm. Ooh. That's uh, embarrassing. Yeah. I want to. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that can be at embarrassing a, right at there. At a friend's house. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> Keith Mounts of Pasco County uh, may have cho- chose the wrong way. 
to address that embarrassing situation of realizing you forgot to flush. So he went to the bathroom at his friend's house. uh, And then the friend went into the bathroom, saw the end result of the previous visit, and uh, went in and, and told Keith he needed to flush the toilet. Keith said, I have a better idea. How about I chop you to bits with this machete? Wait, what? What? So oh, he shoot. pulled out Why a machete. Did it escalate so Right? Right? So apparently the homeowner uh, then called the police and they responded to the incident. Uh, when they questioned Keith about this whole situation, he literally told them, not a joke. He told them, hey man, f- happened. That was his response. Oh, that's good. Uh, I just, he I then, just, this is your friend. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. He then told the cops he was merely trying to defend themselves, which they responded, defend yourself from what? Hmm. And that's where Keith didn't really have a follow-up answer for. Nope. So he's behind bars for aggregate, aggravated assault. Um, my big question is, was, was that the homeowner's machete? Or did Keith bring his own machete just in case he were to get in a large argument over unevacuated waste? Mm-hmm. Was that like, like man, everywhere I go. On purpose. Yeah, it was premeditated. <laughs> <laughs> did you kill this man on purpose? No, we got a, in a fight over unflushed so I had to murder him. That's obviously the only, only way out in that situation. Uh... <laughs> Justin, this story comes from ABC Channel 10 in San Diego. Uh, Justin, how much time did you uh, do you need to eat lunch? What do you think a reasonable Maybe time like 30 is? Thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. Well, apparently, oh, San like Diego. just eat lunch. You're a slow eater. Well, I mean, I'm trying to enjoy my my own self too. Like, like Amen. just just to eat. No, no, no. I'm saying... Or, like, be I, on my phone and yeah, socialize. Yeah, you need some time. How long do you need time? Oh, okay. yeah, like... Fair enough. 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah 30 minutes is, is quite enough, I think, for me to, well, to have. Well, San Diego Public Schools are getting some bad publicity because uh, they've been giving their students so far this year 15 minutes for lunch. Sheesh. 50? 15. One five. One five. Oh, 15. Oh, yeah. shoot. Jeez. Yeah. That's pretty... Wow. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of fast food, but that's ridiculous. Yo. <laughs> 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 uh, I will chop you with a machete. Hey! Don't don't escalate it to that. Come on. Come on, Keith. There's, there's other ways. Girl, come on! Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dave, this is an update just for everybody out there. Oh, thank um, you. But do you remember Death Row Records? I've heard of them. Do you know who owns their rights to their music now? Oh, um... Hmm. Mm-mm, nope. Nope. The Hasbro Toy Company. Word. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, apparently the Hasbro Toy Company bought a bigger uh, a bigger corporation that also owned uh, the uh, rights to all the Death Row songs, and now Hasbro Toys owns Death Row Records. Hmm. So what a weird partnership! 
Yeah, so just get ready. On the next Nerf Gun commercial, you see, you're probably going to hear some classic Snoop, What's My Name, as the soundtrack. And that's going to be it. They're going to be like, hey, we had to use it. We had the rights. Makes sense, right? It's, who doesn't like, Who doesn't want to hear this? Or you make they make like a Snoop action figure that like wraps Ooh. when you press a button. Mm. Mm. That'd be cool. The, 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 the youngsters won't smoke. know. The youngsters won't know who the hell is. It has like a vape pen built into it. Yeah, it's like a vape vape thing inside, and you just press it, and it just goes off. Watch out. I hear the pulmonary diseases are racking up. Yeah, you can also put it in like an action figure car, and then just... Yeah, you could have a nice 6'4". 6'4". That'd be sweet. Like it. Uh, Dave, this next story is from KTLA in Los Angeles, Channel 5. Oh, shit. Okay. And this is a good reminder why if you're looking for a rational negotiator, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to go to LA. So true. Um, so some folks were out uh, enjoying some late night tacos. A oh, taco truck yummy. in, in I Hollywood. I love me some tacos. That sounds fun. It, very enjoyable yeah, and it was time. A, it was about two a.m. You know, so it was late night. They were they were real, real out. They'd get in there. They got the they got hungry after no doubt doing some illegal activities. So what? they decided or, or legal, either way or legal, either one. So there, uh, there were two rows of cars parked in front of a garage. In mm-hmm. the rows of cars beside the road, there was a Mustang. And the row okay. behind that row was a Mercedes. Mm, okay. The lady who owned the Mercedes had apparently finished her tacos and wanted to leave and did not know the group that owned the Mustang. Mm-hmm. Uh, the group that owned the Mustang, not too interested in leaving. Uh, and so the lady in the Mercedes was like, hey, move your car. And they just sort of laughed at her like, yeah, we'll get to it. you know. Mm. And they were slowly like moving their stuff. Uh, getting to to move their car for this lady, mm-hmm. and uh, she did not take kindly to their slow removal of the car. Uh, she jumped in her car and slammed it into reverse, ramming the Mustang, and she floored the car until she pushed the Mustang out into traffic, into the road. Oh, wow. Where, oh, where wow. What the heck? Where it hit another car. She then put it into drive and almost ran over some of the people in the parking lot. And then she sped off. Jeez. She actually did hit one of the people with her car. Uh, they weren't seriously hurt, but they she did hit them. Um, the group called 911, but before the police came, the woman came back on foot and started slapping and punching girls in the group. Wow. And then she ran off again, apparently. What the heck? That's right. People like, are freaking so crazy. Wild. So true. Like, first of all, where did she need to go at 2 a.m. that fast? Like, I know it was probably she just was angry at him, but, like, come on. Where do you need to go that fast? So then, after you almost murder, like, five people with your car... Instead of coming to the realization, again, sort of like our police officer friend in Indianapolis, they're like, oh, man, that got a little out of hand. I might want to lay low for a little (laughs) while. Like, no. Instead, she was like, you know what? I better go back and try to beat them to death with my bare fist. 
Like, it's so insane. Like, what? Who would think of that? Who would think of that? Like, first of all, I'd never think about that with my car. Like, I'm not going to ruin my car just to push his car out in the road. Like, people are crazy. How are you going to explain that to the insurance? Like, oh, yeah, this guy, and I just ran into him. I don't know. Sort of like a hit and run. I didn't get his insurance. You can try to find him if you want. It's whatever. Like, it's a little, a little odd, a little weird. Um, guys, that has been ripped from the headlines. Uh, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from former guests and soon to be guest again. Jacob Tacos, uh, used to be with the helmsman. Now he's busted out doing a solo career. Got a solo album coming out. This is a new single titled as I often do right here on the doc G show. If roses are red and violets are blue Not a single day don't think of you If roses are red and violets are blue I'll dream of you as I often do A fogged up focus in a cloudy mind Your wide eyes Tell no lie Come with me Take my hand Do you trust me? I have a plan Will you you Hear what I say
the doc g show you just heard jacob uh, tacos with his new album soon to be on the show very excited about that yes. spinnaker radio wskrlp 95.5 fm in jacksonville florida justin if you ain't listening to the radio Listen to us on our podcast. Check us That's out on right. our podcast app, Doc G Show mm-hmm. website, docgshow.com. We mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nice. That was concise. That was confident. I liked to it the all. Point. Beautiful. You know it. Was it was very good. It was very good. Very good. Um, guys, are you ready to do a little shouting outing? Where are we going, brah? Shout out to our fans. Shout out to all the fans, and we're going to start in one of those places that is a tailgating mecca. We are starting with Columbia, South Carolina, home of the oh. Cox, Gamecocks. Go um, Cox. Big yeah. Gamecocks. You know, I saw, uh, game I saw a, uh, I saw a uh, new uh, shirt for them this season. Uh, a lot of my friends were wearing it. You know the uh, the whole uh, the whole saying Saturday is for the boys. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. They they've got uh, they've Saturdays got, for the cocks. Yeah, Saturdays that's for the good. cocks. That's, that's good. That's uh, yeah. That's really good. That's their new shirt. Now, now, when I first when I first started going down to Columbia, you know, that was when uh, Party Like a Rockstar was in, and uh, they had the Party oh, Like yeah. a Cockstar Cock shirts. Cockstar, wow. Uh, Cockstar. That's good, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I had to, when I went, I had to buy a Cox hat. You gotta. You, you to gotta. You gotta do it. Um, something right. seems wrong about it, though. You're just like... Like well, it's really? like if you're outside of that state, everyone's just looking at you like, like what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're you like doing? roosters, guys, roosters, um, fighting roosters. Shout out to the folks in Saskatoon, Canada. Wow. Yes. Shout out. Yes, yes. Shout out. Thanks for all the lists. They had a good amount. Um, of course, Mozambique. Giving up the listens. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, Our peeps. Here, here's a challenge right now to Mozambique folks out there. If we ever get 5,000 listens from Mozambique on one show, I will do a live show from Mozambique. I will oh, do it. Shoot. Yeah. I don't know if Justin and Dave will come with me, but I will go to Mozambique. Go. That'd be We scary. will be there. It, don't you say that about our our favorite country? It would not be scary. It would be welcoming. Take that back, Justin. They would have. That's right. They oh would have God. welcome signs. I don't know Are about you sure? that's probably overselling it. Uh, <laughs> they they just make sure you're not bald when we go, Justin. Because if you're bald, apparently there was this whole you're, bad you're thing. Cut your head we, we we don't want to go into it right now. Um, 
But anyway, such a good uh, prank though to like put Nair in your shampoo or something. Wait, what? You're so crazy. That would I would then cancel wow. our live show, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> That'd would be then such cancel. a good prank. Blam. Um, I would be very angry with you, and then I'd also wonder why my shampoo burned so bad when I was putting it on there. Have you ever tried Nair on anything? I've gave Nair a try, and man, that stuff burns. No, I that haven't. That stuff no, thank you. burns. Man, it is bad. Rough. Rough with the Nair. Word. Anyways, uh, that of course was in my dancing days when I needed smooth legs. That's a lie. Wasn't why it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shout out to Houston, <laughs> Texas. Shout out. H Town, represent. Birthplace of Beyonce. I'm going to go ahead and guess that was probably Clowney listening to us before he left for Seattle. You know, I think so. Couple, it had to couple, be. Yeah. Couple listens. Uh, shout out to El Puerto de Santa Maria, España. Wow, yeah. that's a mouthful. Shout out. What a name. Yeah, El Puerto de Santa Maria. Nice. Nice. Woo, woo, now, talk woo. talk I about the coincidences so here. Are you ready for this? Shout out to Santa Maria, California. What? Wow. What are the odds? Oh, yeah. The door to that. Santa Maria and then Santa Maria. Shout out. Yeah. El yeah, Puerto exactly. means door, dude. You're breaking it down. I like it. You wow. know it, dude. Thank you. You're like a Spanish to Justin, English. I didn't dish. know you spoke yeah. so many languages. He's a Spanish. I'm on a whole nother level, dude. Spanish to English dictionary is his new name. That's it. Freaking no. Um, last one. Shout out to Hudson, New Hampshire. Shout out. Yeah. You love it. I do. Oh, New Hampshire. Yeah. I like that. Another state on the map. It is. Okay. It is. I don't think Hudson. I'm pretty positive we haven't had a New Hampshire before. So that's nope. That's solid. That's good. Get the listening so. base. Get the listening base up there and the, the old NH. I like it. I like it. Um, okay, guys. Second birthday suit. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, I'm worried about these last two. They're they're both difficult. Don't, don't you don't you worry. Okay, here we go. Born on September. Is it Michelle and Kelly. I wish what? that'd be pretty impressive if they were all born on the same day. Then I'd be like, "Come on, guys, you can't break up as a group. You've all got the same birthday. It's too coincidental." That is so true. No, no, it's meant to be. Um, born on September fourth, nineteen seventy-five, in London, England. His parents divorced at a young age, and his mother married foreigner guitarist Mick Jones which led to our birthday suit wear being around music his whole childhood hmm. our birthday suit wear moved to New York with his mother when he was eight he was in love with music and while he attended New York University he started DJing in various clubs all over New York he eventually came known as one of the best DJs in the city in the early 2000s, Whoa. he started producing music and eventually decided to release his own album uh, titled Here Comes the Fuzz. Hmm. In 2007, he worked with star Amy Winehouse and won three Grammys for his work on the album. Now, this is the biggest one. This, this should be the giveaway here. In 2014, he had his biggest song to date when he released the song Uptown Funk. With Bruno Mars doing vocals. Oh, yeah. In 2018, he founded his own record label titled Zelig Records. Name that birthday suit wearer. 
Hmm. Um, um, I don't know who's on Uptown Funk. Yeah, it's it's actually his song, not Bruno Mars. Just everybody knows that it's Bruno Mars because he was the one yeah. singing. Um, Uptown. And then he worked with who? He worked with Amy Winehouse. Won several Grammys. Oh he's he's worked with several artists. Actually, I just picked out Amy Winehouse, but he's produced several several albums. So true. I'll give you his uh, initials: M R. Hmm. M R. Dang you! You did say yeah. We were, we're stumped, man. I'm Crap. blanking, dude. No, I can't. I don't know, man. I, I'm a freak. Mark what are you Ronson. About to say? Mark oh. Ronson. Oh, nope, Mark did. Ronson. I didn't know that. One. Mark Ronson. No, I've seen that name a couple of times. Yeah, like online. Yeah, he is a very, you know, very popular never. producer, very popular, uh, very popular DJ, and you know he's made a lot of his own music, like Uptown Funk. It's just he's one of those artists that he usually uh, features someone on the song, and the person that features on the song is the star power. And you always know the star power more so than Mark Ronson. But he was he was the the brains behind Uptown Funk. That was him. Yeah. Dang. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, happy birthday to you, Mark. Yeah. yeah Mark. Marky Mark. Turning the big four happy four. Birthday. The big four four. Faux faux. Yeah. A faux faux faux. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, four for four sounds good. Uh <laughs> spicy you know, nuggets. You know what? Stop this show. We're all going to Wendy's. Sweet. Um, yes. <laughs> on you. I don't know Dad. if I can afford four dollars. My Jesus. Uh, I'm gonna have to stop by the bank Justin first. Justin Camp. Um, Screw you. You're going to do it, and you're going to like it. That's true. Guys, it is time. (laughs) It is time for Hannah Shaw. We are going to bring out the kitten lady right now, right here on the Doc G Show. We will be right back with Hannah Shaw. I'm allergic. (laughs) I'm allergic to cats. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, we have a fantastic guest. She is a professional kitten rescuer. Her new book is out now, Tiny But Mighty. Her name is Hannah Shaw, but you can call her Kitten Lady. Hannah, how's it going? Hey, great! Thanks for having me on the show. Yes, I uh, I'm very excited because uh, one, <laughs> you're you're our first New York Times bestselling author on the show. Yeah, that's a, that's a, ah. I'm I'm extreme and and another fun fact, you're the first professional kitten rescuer. Believe it or not, so true. That's <laughs> two two first. You don't say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was so surprised when my book hit. New York Times bestseller. I, I always thought this was kind of a niche interest, but I think that it's becoming a much broader interest for people to become interested in animal welfare. So I think it speaks volumes about kind of the compassion that is growing for animals out there. Yeah, and it helps to it helps to bring them in with a lot of cute pictures. That also helps. Sure. So, <laughs> so uh, now I, I've 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 
Uh, I've been a teacher, and I've asked a lot of kids what they want to do when they grow up. Um, I've never really heard anyone say professional kitten rescuer. Nope. So, you know, <laughs> I, I noticed you went from a degree in psychology and, and helping children in foster care to professional kitten rescuer. Uh, w- was there like a definitive moment that you were like, yeah, yeah, I've got to get new business cards. I'm, I'm a professional kitten well, rescuer. Hmm. Yeah, my career has been really interesting over the last 10 years. I uh, did graduate with a degree in psychology, and I used to work with children in the foster care system. Uh, I actually was at work when I found my first kitten outside, and uh, that changed a lot for me because I always assumed um, you know, I was an animal advocate, but I assumed cats and especially kittens probably had it really good. Yeah. Uh, that was when I learned that actually kittens are very at risk in animal shelters. And so uh, I started fostering uh, mm-hmm. kittens and I started helping kittens I found outside. I started helping kittens from my local shelter. Um, and then my career sort of shifted to working for animal nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I specifically became very interested in what's going on throughout the United States with regard to cats and kittens, mm-hmm. um, particularly those who are outside. Yeah. Uh, so I've been really fortunate that in more recent years, people have you know seen my work, they've been interested in my work. I started being able to teach all over the country. Um, and I've even taught in Jacksonville, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've worked with some great groups there. Uh, and you know, my, my career was able to shift to focusing on this very, very specific passion that I have. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not about, you know, just kittens and they're so cute, obviously, but it really is an issue of uh, these are a very misunderstood and, uh, you know, a, a population that is misunderstood and that has a lack of resources. Yeah. So um, I spend all of my time trying to create more resources for them and also supporting uh, the organizations and the people who are trying to do good for them. So yeah. true. Yeah. Well, now, uh, your dad, for the folks that don't know out there, is uh, Tommy Shaw uh, with Sticks and Damn Yankees, uh, which which is not your run of the mill nine of the five nine to five either. You know, it's uh, it's it's mm-hmm. a different job. What did what did he say when you were like, I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the professional kitten rescuer route? Hmm. Well, this has not been a, it's not like I, I tried to have this job. <laughs> it's sort of me. Um, so I never aspired to have this life, but I'm happy that I have the life that I have. It's something that's grown organically. Um, yeah. Dix actually has a charity called Rock to the Rescue, mm-hmm. and I used to uh, direct it. Mm-hmm. And so they're also big uh, animal people. They... Uh, their charity supports animal nonprofits all over the country, and I helped them set up that model. Mm. Um, so that was actually part of how I was able to see what's going on in so many shelters and so many organizations yeah. throughout the country, and see what a huge need there is. Um, you know, I was I was very happy that I was able to help them develop grant programs, um, which now, of course, I have my own nonprofit, working mm-hmm. kitten club. Um, and we provide grants now to specifically kitten programs throughout the country. So, uh, yeah, I mean, animal lovers in my family and, of course, you know, in my community always. Well, uh, going along with that, as far as the, the family, I feel like music has to to go in your veins a little bit. Um, have, have you, I, I don't know if you've done any research, but have you found 
any any music that kittens like? Mm. Is there any music that you've noticed they sort of go towards? Do they jam on sticks or what? What do they like or do they just That's avoid very music? Funny. Uh, <laughs> it's funny you ask that. We recently got a speaker for our kitten room. So in my home, we have two kitten nurseries, mm-hmm. um, and we recently got a speaker in there just for when we have volunteers, so they can like you know listen to a podcast or something while they're cleaning. Um, but I was like, I wonder if there's uh, music for cats that we can put on. And I put it on, and they actually all fell right asleep. Um, huh. So it's kind of like uh, classical music that's got some nice, like, low uh, rumbling sound to it, almost like a mom purring mm-hmm. or a heartbeat or something like that. Um, so I actually have been putting that on, on for them at night sometimes, and I think they like it. Sweet. Well, there Thanks. we go. There we go. Just a, a little bit more off the beaten path. Not your typical classic rock for the kittens, but nope. music. Okay. Mu- <laughs> So, uh, something that goes along with a lot of musicians and, and rock and rollers, uh, tattoos. You've got you've got a couple. Um, what what was the first tattoo that you got? And I've got to ask. You've got two uh, cats now on your hands. Are those sure. are those for Coco and Eloise? Is that the two two cats? No. So I actually my hands are tattooed, um, and they're just uh, they're just cats. They're just designed cats. Yeah. Um, Speaking of that, how many kittens do you know the exact number of kittens that you've saved? Hmm. Do you do you No, I'm always asked that. <laughs> I always just say hundreds. I don't know when it will become thousands, <laughs> but I'm not sure. I don't count um, at all. Uh, but I, I hope thought maybe I you'd think... have, you know, like a tally, just a, a bunch of nah. just Another one on the notch. There we go. Okay. Uh, No, that would be fun. And I do encourage people who are just getting into fostering to, you know, like measure their success and feel really proud of themselves. I never 
you know, I, I've been doing this since before I even had a smartphone. I yeah. never, you know, in the beginning, it was just <laughs> a thing that I was doing. Now, I feel like I document it really well. Because yeah. I'm sharing everything I do. I have a YouTube channel. I have, you know, obviously a big Instagram and Facebook presence. And so now I definitely am sharing every single thing. But I, no, I have no idea. I mean. It's a lot. It's a it's lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, th- what goes along with that, I think a lot of people, when they hear kitten lady, they they think of that cat lady with 70 cats in their house, sure. but, but you actually only have three cats that that permanently right. live with you. Um, yeah. Now, now, along with those cats, you also have your fiance, and uh, I, yeah. I have to say, I feel like his career turn is even wilder than your career term so true. because when when i when i looked him up and i was like he had a, a degree in neuroscience and he's allergic yeah. to cats what and then he yeah. started taking pictures of cats and now he's a cat photographer do do you any of yeah. your any of the cats that you foster the kittens do, do they ever like you know uh, affect him more than others uh, that he really is the allergies sort of really kick up and he has to sort of just struggle through or is it has he just sort of yeah overcame it he is, hmm. he is allergic to cats um and dogs um and you know we do a lot in the house to try to make it just a good environment for him um so we have you know air filter systems we uh, clean a lot we make sure that you know, litter is scooped and floor is swept, um, and that helps. Yeah. That helps him a good bit. I think with kittens, his biggest struggle is he wants to, like, kiss them on the belly, and <laughs> that will make his face swell up. Yeah. And he's like, I don't care, it's worth it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so he is allergic to cats, but his, his career is really interesting. We met um, right as his first book was coming out, Shop Cats of New York, and mm-hmm. um, and then his second book actually blended together his his photography of cats um, with his neuroscience background, which is his book is about cats on catnip and like the neuro effects of catnip mm. on cats, which is just absolutely hilarious. Yeah, his photos are so funny. Um, so he's definitely been able to kind of carve out an interesting career too, but. Well, I love uh, what we've been able to do together because you know, I, I love teaching and telling stories and sharing this world with people. And he's definitely wonderful at capturing it visually. I was about to say because you guys approach the the, the subject, you you came from two you know sort of different worlds. Yeah. Uh, sure. You from the rescue side and him from the sort of photography side. Uh, has, has he sort of taught you something about cats that you didn't know? That what would you say was yeah. like the most important thing that he sort of taught you that you said, "Wow, I had no idea. I've been working with cats for this long." Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, he is—he was definitely more from like the pop cultural side of things. He mm-hmm. was, you know, knew all of the celebrity cats and <laughs> went to cat events. Stuff and I was like, I didn't even know that existed. I just <laughs> nope. was over here rescuing cats, and I was like, what? There's celebrity cats? What are you even talking about? And that might sound like a silly thing, but I think the intersection of of me being able to introduce rescue to him and him being able to introduce sort of the larger cat culture to me has been this great intersection where I've been like, I saw it as an opportunity where I'm like, oh, there's all these cat events, like, but they're not 
talking about rescue, like I need to go there and talk to these cat people about <laughs> rescue. And, yeah. you know, if you're at an event where you're buying cat shirts and cat mugs and all this stuff, like it's important that you also understand that cats are being euthanized by the hundreds of thousands in yeah. this country. And if you love cats, you really have a duty to involve yourself in their welfare. So, so I true. think it's been very cool because he became so much more invested in rescue and I became much more involved in kind of the larger cat culture and trying to bring people in with the cute cat photos, realizing that right now there's this great opportunity to get people invested in this because the internet is a place that people love cats and, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to get people interested in the life of a kitten. Um, It's a little harder to get people interested in fostering, but I think yeah. I made that my my task. <laughs> no, and that brings us to your book, Tiny But Mighty, which is that sort of task of learning how to foster those kittens. Right. Uh, and it took, uh, you know, years to write. When you started the book, what was the overall goal? And did that change any while you were writing it? Did it sort of take shape itself? Hmm. Uh, you know, I have been wanting to write that book for so many years that I actually, uh, I just, I just pulled up the proposal for it, which was a really long proposal. Uh, when I was pitching the book, I wrote a lot of it in advance to show why it was so necessary and what I wanted to do with it. Yeah. And it's actually amazing how little changed from my initial vision because I just, I feel like I do this. I create this content so much. I teach so much. I'm all over the country teaching these workshops. I know what needs to be shared. Um, I haven't had, before this book, I didn't have a long-form capacity to to teach this stuff because, you know, I have eight-minute YouTube videos or social media captions or even like a two-hour workshop. Uh, So being able to compile all of that and put it into one long-form resource where it's 300-plus pages of you know, interesting and informative information about kitten welfare and the care and protection of these little, you know, very vulnerable felines. Mm-hmm. I think um, I had a very specific vision for yeah. it, and I'm really happy with how it came out and the response to it has been just wonderful. Definitely. De- well, there's there's a lot of highs. There's highs and lows of the book. Some sad parts. Some happy parts. Right. Uh, one of the happy parts. Uh, you tell the readers how to uh, make a paper hat hmm. for their kittens. <laughs> um, do do you make hats for all of your kittens, or is that just some no. of them? Some of them look like they need that accessory. Is that? Hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so I you know most of the book is about things you absolutely need to know in order to save the life of a kitten, but some of it has some silly parts in there. Um, I have a section in there about making a paper hat mm-hmm. for a kitten. Um, it's very cute. It's a fun way to like, you know, bring a bit of joy into your life while you're yeah. doing rescue. Um, but it also makes for great adoption photos. So oh, yeah. um, I don't do it all the time, but sometimes, you know, especially if you're kind of going through like something rough or, you know, you've had like a difficult time. It's, it's fun to just get your friends together and make some paper hats for kittens <laughs> and take some photos of them. So true. Um, so Definitely. yeah, it, it is very fun. But I encourage people to, you know, insert fun into their lives um, with rescue in whatever way they want to whether that's you know making paper hats or like you know like singing songs to their kittens like whatever it is yeah. uh, 
you know, you can you can do rescue and also have fun. Definitely. Well, uh, also along with that, for our listeners out there that uh, aren't so much fans of reading, what? But more so of listening. Uh, they can listen to your voice on the audiobook. Uh, that you actually yeah. you narrated. How how was the process of narrating the book? That was so fun. And um, so I was really happy that I got the opportunity to voice my own audio book. It is uh, about nine hours of content, and mm-hmm. uh, it took four days to record. So uh, I was in the studio. I brought my foster kittens with me because, of course, <laughs> I still had to be able to bottle feed my babies. So yeah. my kittens actually make a couple. Um, you know, they make an appearance on the audiobook. You can hear them purring and <laughs> meowing in it, which is very cute. Nice. Uh, but it was fun. It was very, um, it was a very surreal experience to read my own book front to back. I laughed and I cried several times during the recording. But um, I've always liked listening. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts and yeah. audiobooks, and I love how kind of intimate that feels. You feel like you really know the person. Yeah. Um, so I like that you know, people are able to listen to these stories that are so important to me um, and to hear them told in my own voice. It feels like, you know, just an opportunity for people to really understand where I'm coming from. Definitely. So so bottom line of the book, uh, like you said, you're, you're trying to save uh, roughly 860,000 cats that are that are euthanized a year. You're trying to get that number to zero. Um, yeah. With that issue, if you were to sort of list your top three priorities and a person wants to help in this issue money wise time wise effort wise what would you say are sort of those three most important things that they could do yeah uh well the first would definitely be to sign up to foster kittens Mm -hmm. you don't have to foster neonates and bottle babies you can always do you know moms with their babies you can foster Mm -hmm. weaned kittens or feral kittens Mm -hmm. signing up to foster is the number one way to help the kittens from your local shelter because Mm -hmm. they cannot survive without foster care. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be number one. The second way to help, I would say, is to help through prevention. So Mm -hmm. trafficking to return, um, you know, getting the cats in your neighborhood sterilized. If you see cats in your neighborhood, you want to make sure they have an ear tip. If they Mm -hmm. don't, get them sterilized because we don't need more kittens being born in the bushes and ultimately ending up in shelters where they might be euthanized. Um, so definitely sterilizing cats, you know, obviously your pet cats, but um, more importantly, the cats outside mm-hmm. uh, really need our help with being sterilized. Uh, the third thing I would say is just supporting your local organizations in whatever ways you have the ability to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you are in Jacksonville, there's a number of local organizations there. You have Jacksonville Humane Society, you have the Municipal Animal Shelter there. Both of those have foster programs. Um, mm-hmm. They have a need for donations. They have a need for volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to one of their events. You can just speak kindly about them and <laughs> educate other people in your community about them. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever way you have to support your local organization, yeah. whether that's financial or hands-on, um, that's a big help, too. Yes! Very nice. Very nice. Well, that, now, I got this is sort of a, a little bit of a, a random question, but obviously you're an animal lover, all types, cats, bears, dogs, pigs. You've, you've rescued and helped all, all kinds of animals. Um, but I've ran into a couple of people sometimes, uh, uh, dog lovers, that when I bring up a cat, they say, ugh, I hate cats. Wait, what? Like, which is baffling to me. I don't see how that happens. 
right? Have you ever had that happen? And how do you respond to a person that says that? I feel like they probably don't say that to you since you are known as the kitten lady. They're probably, oh, I better keep this to myself. But does that ever happen? Well, I think it's unfortunate that we act as if it's a dichotomy. Like, there's cats and there's dogs. And it's one versus the other. Like, yeah. obviously, there's two species of many, many different species in existence. But it's mm-hmm. not... Um, a competition. It's not like, <laughs> you know, if this is not grade school where it's like, are you on the blue team or are you on the red team? You know, I'm like a bit purple. It's fine. Yeah, and you know what? You can like it. You can like all of them, but you know, I don't care if you love cats or don't love cats. I just care that you're not doing something harmful to them. Yeah. Um, you know, and so uh, that's you know that's really what it is for me. But I I don't consider myself to have like a favorite animal or to love cats you know, in any way more than any other animal. It's just that those are the, that's the population I, I specialize in. Yeah. That I focus a lot of my energy on. Um, but yeah, I, I rescued, you know, a couple months ago, I rescued a piglet and <laughs> I, that was really fun. And, you know, last month I fostered a dog and that was fun too. Yeah. You know, anyone who needs me, I will help <laughs> any animal who I'm able to. Yeah. Well, the last thing I got to ask about is, is uh, somebody you're helping out right now, a uh, kitten that I'm a, a huge fan of. Yes! Uh, <laughs> uh, she has swimmer syndrome. Um, yes, Apple. Tell, tell us a bit about Apple. Hmm. So Apple is a four and a half week old tuxedo kitten with one floppy ear. She's so cute. Yes. Um, and she has swimmer syndrome, which is, you know, it's a condition of the limbs where basically her ligaments are really loose and her limbs splay out. So her hind legs kind of look like she's a frog. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, instead of going underneath her body, they kind of go out to the side. Yeah. So I, I kind of make fun of her. I'm like, your legs are on sideways. What's going on, girlfriend? <laughs> um, but we've had her for, um, gosh, like a week and a half now. Yeah. And I'm happy to say her legs are already almost completely corrected in just a week and a half of being here. And that's because with these little babies, their legs are like, I mean, their limbs are like just very pliable, very moldable. So even through physical therapy, massage, and then wrapping, you can completely change their outcome. So, uh, with her, I did wrapping for about a week on her legs. So, you know, the legs were kind of placed into the proper position so that they would be encouraged to grow in that way and the muscles form, you know, around the limbs in a certain position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, helping her hips be square and helping her feet get underneath her body. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then I would take them off, do physical therapy with her. And now she's four and a half weeks old. She's able to put her feet underneath her body and stand up and take some steps now. So nice. it's pretty cool. You know, these kittens so often in the past would be euthanized. And a big part of my mission is to show people that, you know, with just a little bit of time and care, we can absolutely save these, these kittens, whether it's, you know, that they're... Uh, special needs, whether they have a medical condition, whatever it is. But we can really only do that, you know, in our homes as foster parents. So uh, I I try to show people, you know, anybody can do this. I even, I made a YouTube video about Apple this week. Um, and it's really cute, but it shows like, you know, kind of my trial and error of wrapping her legs. And I show the difficult parts too, because I want people to see, you know, anybody can figure this stuff out with enough, uh, 
determination and enough trial and error. Yeah. Uh, so I hope that her story inspires other people to, you know, take on maybe kittens that are a little bit scarier to take on. You're not sure what to do, but you can learn. And, and certainly I'm always trying to put more and more resources out there to be a support to people who want to learn and to give them the tools they need to be able to save kittens' lives. Well, you, you definitely can't. You, you can't give up on a face like Apple's. Nope. It's it's too cute. <laughs> it's, it's, it's too cute. Uh, if, if, if if you have any problem finding a home for Apple, you just let me know. She can she can come stay with me. I'll, I'll take Apple for sure. Uh, so true. Hannah, thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate everything you do. You make the world a better place, and we're, we're thankful you. for that. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Um, it's been great talking with you. Yes, folks, you need to go check out Tiny But Mighty, a fantastic book uh, on how to care for those neonatal kittens with all kinds of cute pictures involved as well. Or donate to the Orphan Kitten Club at uh, www.kittenlady.org slash donate. Or just follow Hannah on Instagram at kittenxlady. Right now we're going to hear from our former guest of the show, Preacher Van, with their new single, Reaper, right here on the Doc G Show. Oh, 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 oh,
And we are back here on the Doc G show. You just heard some fantastic new music from Preacher Van. That's right. Thanks, thanks to Brooks and the guys in the band for letting us play their new song. That is Reaper. Fantastic jam. They got a whole new album oh, yeah. out. It's good stuff. You need to check them out. They're coming to Tallahassee this coming so true. This, this coming month very exciting here at the start of October going to be coming down to Tallahassee so uh, all the folks in the panhandle need to get ready get ready for some preacher van it's going to be a good Great time jam exactly exactly and of course thank you to Hannah Shaw for coming on the show so much thanks huge thanks if yeah. you if you've got time obviously she's got way way more of a following than the doc G show but if you do, if you follow us and don't follow her make sure you check her out there that's right very important she's doing she's doing good stuff out there doing good work if you get time go to kittenlady.org slash donate if you can donate to it be fantastic or buy a beanie like I did save kittens you can do it you can walk around looking like a bad guy do people are like is he saving kittens and i'm like that's right get the f out of my face i'm saving kittens right now right now wait what i don't get that intense actually that's a lie i'm just like yeah i save kittens thanks so true thanks keeping it cool and collected yeah and if you get time of course also very important Check out her book, Tiny But Mighty. Fantastic book on how to care for neonatal kittens. Yeah. Yeah. How to care for them. Get that number down to zero from 860,000. Way too many kitty deaths. Yes! Way too many. Way too many. Any's too many. Yes! Anyways. Terrible. Guys, we are going to move on to the last birthday suit. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Oh. Let's go. Okay. We, I need a redemption, and I told you this one's tough, too. So dig deep, fellas. Dig deep. Dang, man. What's wrong with you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Beside the Queen Bee, September 4th didn't have the best birthdays. What? I'm, I'm going to be honest. The Not the most. Not, I shouldn't say not the best. That's offensive to the people that have September 4th birthday. Not the most famous. Not the most famous in, in your world. In your guys' world. There, I saved it. Good for me. Um, okay. <laughs> Born in Norristown, Pennsylvania on September 4th, 19... 19- oh, God. What? <laughs> Just because it's Norristown, you're like, oh, I don't know anybody from Norristown. Oh, God. Uh, nobody could possibly be born. Uh, Norristown, <laughs> Pennsylvania on September 4th, 1968. No, we're not get it Our birthday suit wearer is one of five boys... Her birthday suit wears father loved baseball and dreamed of playing in the major leagues, but that dream ended when he had to drop out of high school when he was 16 to support his family. Our birthday suit wearer grew up. Uh, as our birthday suit wearer grew up, his father realized his son had a gift for the sport. That's right. And helped him practice baseball almost every day growing up. When he graduated from high school, he went to play for the Miami Hurricanes for one year before transferring to Miami-Dade Community College. Uh, His father had some connections in the major league, primarily being Tommy Lasorda. And our birthday suit wearer's father asked Tommy to select our birthday suit wearer for the Dodgers as a favor to him. So he did. 
Tommy Lasorda drafted our birthday suit wearer as the 1,390th pick overall. Jeez. Um, what? Yes. Wow. He moved up the ranks and started <laughs> playing catcher for the organization. Uh, and he had his first start for the L.A. Dodgers in the major leagues in 1992. He ended up playing for the Dodgers, the Marlins, the Mets, the Padres, and the Athletics. He is a 12-time All-Star. Hmm. He is a 10-time Silver Slugger. And his number was retired by the New York Mets. And he is now... Oh, a, and he's a catcher? Yes, Okay, I think I know. Who I is think it? it's um it's it's I think it's Mike Piazza. Boom! Nice. I guess. Nice. That's Just the only kidding. that's the only Mets catcher I know. That's and he played the for the Marlins. Ones. Yeah, and he played for the Marlins. All right. Too, so. Nicely done, guys. You saved it. You saved it. I like it. You know Norristown, Justin. Yeah. Like it or not, you know Norristown. You own you own Norristown, Justin. That, I do. That's it. Norristown, you are mine. Mike Piazza, al <laughs> always a solid beard on that fella. Always a solid beard. Oh, yeah. Very light beard. You like it, huh? Yeah, well, it's, a, it's nicely maintained. Much better maintained than mine, you know? Uh, oh, shoot. He puts, he puts... Is he rocking it still nowadays? I don't know. Uh, let me Google him real quick. Let's see Wait, here. What? Is he still... I know he had the handlebars. Uh, well, the the two bigger pictures that I see are uh, no beard, but uh, they don't look oh, like no. they don't look like any recent pictures. So I don't know. Hmm. His Wikipedia page is still a a full shaved Mike Piazza. Word. So I don't know. I don't know. We're, True that. Somebody, dude. We're gonna have to get some. We're gonna have to get some feet on the ground. We're gonna have to get some feet on the ground. See if we can hunt down Mike Piazza. See what kind of facial hair he's got going on these days. That's right. See if we can we can figure this out. It's very important. So we need a <laughs> very get important. a uh, on the scene reporter. It's very important. Don't somebody. Don't worry, listeners. Next week we will have a follow up about Mike Piazza's facial hair. So true. Done. Done and done. Okay. Well, regardless. It's his birthday, fellas. Turning the big, Happy birthday, big, big five one, five one, five one. Yeah. Five mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Old, old dude. Well, you know. Catching up to you. You know, he's getting there. He's getting there. He might. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think that's how. The thing about baseball players, they can play forever. You they know? can play over 40s. They can play into Tom Brady land. That's yeah. right. They can get there. They can get there. Unlike most, uh, most football players. So, you know. Anyways, happy birthday, Mike Piazza. Enjoy it. Enjoy that September 4th birthday. Uh, guys, this is where I tell you about the fantastic shows that we have coming up. And we've got some. Yes! Um, I'm very, very excited about next week's show. So excited. So excited. We've got Steve Gorman. Uh, Steve Gorman, drummer for the Black Crows. Uh, drummer for, for Trigger Hippie. Who uh, who we're gonna talk about their new album coming out? Yes! Trigger Hippie, also with our friend and former guest of the show Ed Jurdy, yes! right? He's playing now with Ed Jurdy. This guy also, dang, he he's he's got a new show coming up, uh, a new classic rock radio show that he's gonna be on the air five hours a night. Steve Gorman. Holy, yeah, and, a long show. Yeah, and, getting a lot of airtime there. And he just he just uh, finished a show with uh, Fox Sports. Uh, he had his show, uh, Steve Gorman Sports, That's on right. Fox Sports for the past eight years, and now he's got his new show, 
which is uh, Steve Gorman Rocks. That's which right. Which is his classic rock show. So we're going to talk to him about everything. We're going to talk sports. We're going to talk uh, his new book that he's got coming out about the uh, Black Crows, which is hard to handle. Sweet. Uh, which basically goes through their whole lineage as far as a band. We're going to talk about Trigger Hippie, their new album. Of course, I've already ordered it. It's coming to be on our walls here in the studio. Yes! Very excited. Yeah. Um, along with that, guys, we've got some other great shows coming up. we got the Shook Twins out of Oregon. Very excited oh. for them to come let on. Let go, let go. That's going to be fantastic when they come on the show. Yes! We've got the Black Pumas coming on the show. Very excited about them. Yes! We're still trying to work out a time with Blackstone Cherry. Really can't wait for those guys to come on. But so many fantastic shows. Can't wait, guys. Oh, I almost forgot. Yes, sir. We've got the comedian Anthony Davis coming on the show as well, not the basketball player, but a hilarious comedian, Mr. Anthony Davis, also coming on the show. Going to be a fantastic time. Very excited about that. We got to we got to stay tuned. Everybody's got to stay tuned. It's going to be fantastic. Um, Tell your friends. Until then, I've been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Justin, Virgin Bat, Evangelista. See you later. I'm still allergic. Still allergic to... Uh, boring. What? Cats. Allergic to boring. Nope. That's what you're allergic. You're a party animal, you. Yeah. Boom. See, hey. See how? Party cat. Not a cat. Not a cat, though. No. No, you're not allergic. You've built up your tolerance to them. And Dave Burles, Berlin. And hopefully we're alive and we'll still be on the air next week. We're good. We're good. That thing's not you turning. I'm going to talk crap to it now. I'm not even afraid now. Do that. No, not really. Show, show it. Tell it who's daddy. I, d- I don't want to because it will turn around then. <laughs> Definitely. Karma will come around. I dare you to come back, Dorian. It Jeez. will U-turn and just, what did you say? And you'll be like, oh, Jesus, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, guys, till next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah. Oh, I must stole it from him. It's okay, you can't. Zippity doo da. Word. <laughs>